Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Okay, welcome everybody. Here we are, Baruch Hashem. We're another incredible event with our Life Skill Series here at Living Chassidus. I am so excited. I have to share that a few years ago, I went to Rifka Caroline's talk and here in Crown Heights, and it absolutely changed my mind. It, it, it blew my mind. It changed my world, everything. I was, I think at that point, I must have had maybe one, maybe two kids. And I was just beginning to realize that the let's just wing it style of life that many of us have when we're single or when we only have, you know, one or two kids um, doesn't really last very long once you have more, or at least not for me. So I started making all these different changes from her class, whether it was in my home, whether it's the way, you know, I found a place for everything or whether it was, you know, getting rid of different things that I wasn't using, all these different things really made a massive, massive impact. And as I had more children, I was able to continue. And it was just so, it's so empowering. It really is so empowering to be able to be in charge of our lives, in charge of our homes, in charge of our meal schedules and and everything. I just feel like I'm 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 taking charge of my mikdash me'at, and I'm really able to do my shluchas. This everything I'm able to do with living chassidus is because I'm not spending time doing all these silly things that I shouldn't be doing. So I want to thank Rivka Caroline. We are so so lucky to have her. Not only that, but she um, she's doing two events. So tonight is the first one, and next week we're going to have another one, same day, same time. And she also was incredible and kindly donated a um, few copies of her books. So at the end, I'll make an announcement about the um, raffling them off, because if you love this talk, you are definitely going to love that book. I've read it, I think, twice already. So thank you so much, Rafa Caroline. And now it's your turn. Hi, everyone. Good evening. I'm Rifka. Um, thank you very much, Michal, for that lovely introduction. My goal this evening is to try and brainwash some of you, um, some of you who want to learn to work a little smarter, not harder. Maybe for some other of you, it's to help you um, renew some of the things that you've wanted to do before. Um, the message box, I'm going to try and keep open if my daughter could help me. That way you can ask questions either privately or to the group and thank you. And then that way I can um, make my talk very, very actionable. My goal is not to inspire you. My goal is to inspire you and give you um, practical takeaways. So if you don't get practical takeaways, then I haven't done my job. So we should have three handouts. We and don't worry if you don't have any of them. Michal can always WhatsApp them to you afterwards. So don't worry. So the first is your Mikdash Ma'at um, handout with the basic guidelines that I'm going to be going through this evening. Then you have a weekly meal plan. And then you have a generic cleaning list. And I'm going to go through everything. So I'm going to, the, the way I'm going to do this, I think I have about an hour. I'm going to go through the handout. I'm hoping that I'll get some questions along the way to make things really practical. Um, and then I'll go through the two other handouts. So Michal mentioned that we're going to be having two talks. So tonight's talk is very practical on running a home, right? You're the CEO of your Mikdash Ma'at. And just like the Mishkan, we want a place for everything. We want as much Seder as possible. We want to leverage our time so that you as a mom, you as a person, you as a human can have more time. I, I like to say I like my moms to have time on the couch reading a book every day. And people look at me like I'm crazy, but that's what I want for you guys. So that's what we want to do. So, um, Michal, I, oh, yeah, actually, I don't know how to do this. Michal, maybe 
you can put, if you're able to, I don't really do tech, can you put this handout on the message just in case other people want it? Michal, if you don't know how to do it, I don't, my daughter can do it. Um, I will try, but maybe if your daughter can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, these kids do it. These kids do it in their sleep. Don't worry. So I'm going to put, oh, let me just send it. Hold on. I just have, just have to show it to her. One second. Michal Weiss. Also, for everybody who has my personal contact, just message me now and I'll forward them to you. Perfect. Okay. So it's going to pop up in the message box in a moment. I hope magically. So um, I'm going to be going through some, sorry, I've got like my tech team working. Um, going to be going through some basics for running your home. And before I begin, I want to clarify that I was not born particularly organized. I, like Michal said, was kind of good at winging it. And at a certain point, Either it's when you have a certain amount of children or it's when your job responsibilities outweigh the time you're able to give it. At a certain point, winging it doesn't work anymore. And how do, how do we know what it looks like when winging it doesn't work anymore? Winging it doesn't work anymore when we have too much stress in our lives when it's not fun winging it anymore and when we feel like we're swimming upstream. So let me just say, I don't know if I'm on live anymore. I am, okay. Sorry, it's kind of hard doing this with all the tech going on. So for me personally, it was around about baby number three when I realized that I actually didn't know what I was doing. And I was becoming very, very reactive. And that wasn't how I wanted to live my life. Hold on, sorry, this is a little bit too difficult for me. Okay, can, can you stop? And I'm gonna ask her to do it, okay? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so our tech team was not able to do that. So I guess we'll go back to the other plan of either Michal doing it or um, you guys WhatsApping Michal, and we'll definitely have it after, and you don't need it for during this talk. Okay, so now I'm gonna go through, I would say the main 10 things that I did when I needed to turn my own home management around, um, because I was not getting with the program, and it's funny, people say, aren't you exhausted when you're organized? isn't it exhausting being organized? And I, I almost laughed. It's like, no, no, it's so exhausting being disorganized. It's, it's like I was exhausted trying to find things and trying to wing dinner. It's too much. It's too much. So I'm going to walk you through the 10, 11 things that I really changed right at the beginning that brought me back so much sanity. And that's what I want for you guys. And it's very possible that many of you are way ahead of where I was and many of these things you do. Okay. So yay, yay you. So I'm just sharing what I did. So the first rule, so if, if you do have the um, sheet, it's, it's point number one. So we're going to go through five space management tips, okay? How do we keep space organized? Okay, it's a very, very good question because in general, we live in spaces that are small and as a general rule, we all have too much stuff, okay? We're living in unprecedented times where even when I wrote my book, this wasn't around, where now when you remember something that you want to get, you don't even need to write it down on your shopping list. You just go onto your phone, you go to Amazon and you order it. You know, when I used to teach, I would teach about creating your own Costco wholesale area. You don't need that anymore because you can do three clicks and Instacart can deliver. So we're at a time where the amount of stuff that can come into our home is unprecedented. You've probably got 10 different ways to get something into your home by tomorrow if you wanted to but we haven't quite learned the skill of getting rid of things of our home from our home. So a general rule without going into any of your homes is a general rule that I would say is true for 
everybody on this class, even everybody who's listening to the recordings, is we have too much stuff. So you may say, okay, what, what do I do about that? Okay, so the easiest thing for me to say is there are two main tips that I can say to help you get rid of stuff. The first is stop buying it. Now, sometimes I go to people's houses to help them get organized and they say, I have no idea how this stuff gets in. And I say, guys, you bring it in through the front door. You know, there's not angels that, that deposit, you know, black bags full of stuff to confuse you. We bring it in. So the first thing, when you go online, when you get a link for a sale or when you go shopping in person, whatever it is, buy less stuff. You don't, you don't need it. If you do then have a rule of one in, one out. So wherever you are, Target, TJ Maxx, on Kingston Avenue, wherever you are, you're going to find something that you love, a flower pot that you cannot live without. Say to yourself, which flower pot am I getting rid of to bring this one in? And what you might want to do, what I try and do is I try and visualize the weight of my home. And I say, yep, oh, don't want to mess with the weight, you know? So if I bring something new in, something goes out. And then now what you're going to say is, okay, how do I get rid of things? Okay. So it's very, very difficult to go, an eye, for an item to go from our home into the garbage. The gradient is too steep. It's too hard. We work hard for our money and it's too hard. So this is what I want you to do. They want you to have a garbage bag, hang it over a hanger and put it somewhere in a closet, a closet that's not used, obviously not near children because it's a garbage bag and have it there being able to put things in. The minute you say, why do I have this? Why do I have this? Put it in a garbage bag. If you have a car, when it's full, don't open it up. Don't look through it. Drop it off somewhere. If you have a cleaning lady, very often they will take things they'll know friends but have a way to get rid of things. Almost like how easy it is to get things brought into your home. I want you to have a way to get things out of your home. If you have extra books, extra toys, maybe they can go to the kids' schools. If you have books, magazines, maybe they can be passed on. I, I you know, the magazines, my children get the Ami living, the Ami, I have a friend that I pass it on to. Be creative how you can enjoy something and pass it on just because you enjoy something. I love reading Ami Living. I, I read it every week, but I don't need to keep it forever and ever. Unless it would bring me joy to let's say reread things every year, then I would have a magazine file up high and I would do that, but I don't. So then be creative. I won't put it in the garbage or put it in Seamus. It's too hard. So I had to find people who wanted it. That's what you do. If you've got a sister or a cousin or a close friend out of state who have children or share your size clothes, you might say, listen, it costs $22 to ship you a whole priority mailbox. Would you split the cost with me? And then well, I've done that with a friend. I just fill it up. I literally like, put a box together, fill it up. When that box is full, I take it to the post office. Now they pick it up from your front door. There are so many creative ways to keep things flowing out. And that's just so important because think of it like traffic on the highway. If there's too much stuff, you're going to have a bottleneck. So you want to be able to throw things away, give things away. And that way you keep that flow going. Okay. So the number one rule is we have too much stuff. We're the one buying it. Think if you like, I like Dan's deals. You have to check. Do I need it? Just because the whiteout is $19 lower. Do I use whiteout? You know, we work hard for our money and we share. We're a very sharing community. Make sure, make sure that you need it. Or if you see boots on sale for $8, check if you need them. If not, find the name of a, of a gamach and just have them shipped straight there if you love the deal, but you don't want to you don't need boots, like outsmart yourself. So I'm just wondering if we have any questions on the topic of us having too much stuff and finding creative ways for it to stuff to flow out, just like we have things flowing in. Do we have any questions on that topic? And by the way, sometimes it takes time to think of a question. Don't worry about asking a question that's off topic. We'll weave it all in together. So I'm just seeing if we have any more questions. Okay, so I'm going to carry on. Feel free to put questions in the message box. So now another way that I want you to start thinking 
is that nothing should be in your home that doesn't pay its rent. Okay, so we have a question over here. What do you do if your spouse is buys things? Okay, that is 100% a classic. And very often we marry opposite. So if one person does not buy so much or lives like just in case, their spouse will be just the opposite. And that works out often very, very nicely. Maybe what you can do is give your husband a space. Let's say you've got two high shelves. Let's say you love buying things on sale or you love buying things in advance. That's amazing. We live in a small apartment, so I don't want to be tripping over stuff. Can you use these two shelves to, to put all those amazing things in that you buy and that I can give as gifts to people last minute? I'm so grateful for it, but I don't want to be tripping over it. Sometimes confining things to space helps. Um, we have a, I love these questions coming in. Okay. And I love that two people wrote the same question. Good. What do we do about kids' clothing? Saving and storing. Okay. So saving kids' clothing and saving our own clothing when our sizes fluctuate or we have different seasons is very, very practical and saves lots of money. Here's the rule. We will only use 20% of the items that we put away. Okay, 80% we don't need. So here's what you do. The next time, let's say you move to Florida and you don't need your winter clothes or you're saving some baby clothes, you go through, you give away 80%. Okay, you give away four out of every five items and you keep that 20%. Okay, you keep the 20% that you're really going to use. Then you wash it, you put it away in, uh, in plastic containers and you store them up high. You use the space that's very, very low real estate up high in your children's closets. You label them well and that's it. Okay, so the, the rules are keep 20%, do not keep 100%, do not keep 50%, keep 20% because you're not going to use, you're not going to use more than that. Maybe 30% if you're feeling really nostalgic, but don't go beyond that. Give a big package away. You're going to get baby gifts next time around. Just be brutal. Be brutal about giving stuff away because you otherwise what happens is your home becomes a storage unit. And really and truly, if you think about real estate, for you to keep a pair of old ratty pajamas to go from one child to the other, that's really already got holes in, for what? Why are you doing that? Give away four of the five ratty pajamas. Keep the one that the older sibling loves and will be nostalgic over or cost you more or has more wear left. Keep that and give the rest away. We keep too much and it costs us a lot of real estate. So speaking on the so speaking on those terms, nothing should be in your home just because. Think of it like rent. Nothing gets to live rent free. So everything should be used. Nothing is going to stay there just in case, just because. You don't need that. Um, if there's a rusty pair of scissors that you never use, throw them away. Get brutal at giving things away, throwing things away. Tell yourself you've got way too much stuff. And really, 50% of the population now has ADD. If our space is cluttered, our mind is going to be cluttered also. So it's the right thing for you and your children to have an atmosphere where you can think. So really try and do the giving away, the throwing away, the purging, the not buying, understand the effect that it has on your head. I feel so clear in my mind when I have a clear space. And it's hard to have a clear space. So you need the items in your home to work with you, not against you. So, okay. So that's about everything having a place. Oh, no, sorry, that was not. It's about nothing staying rent-free and everything having a home. Everything has a place in your home. And if it doesn't have a place, it can't be there because everything has a, a place. And if it doesn't, it's just going to be left on the side. And it's just, you're just inviting clutter. Everything has a place. And a line that my aunt taught me many years ago that I love is don't put it down, put it away. And if you have younger children, which I believe this crowd, a lot of us do have, train them young. Don't put it down, put it away. It will be so much easier for you when the kids 
no, that's what we do in the house. It's great for adults also. So often I'm going somewhere to put something back. A person will inter interrupt me, a phone will interrupt me, a thought will interrupt me. And it just kind of gets left. And it's such good practice to really teach ourselves complete that act. It's good for our brain also to just do something from A to Z. You know, take out the scissors and tape, use the scissor and tape, put the scissor and tape away. So, um, so that was that in terms of nothing nothing being in our homes rent free or just because or well I've always always been that way you know really really try and you know really try and respect your headspace try and get into the habit of um, not putting it down putting it away and really being strict about everything having a home and there isn't one way to do things like some people like to have two pairs of scissors and that's it some people like to have a pair of scissors in every drawer it doesn't matter how you do it everyone on this zoom call is going to run their home differently and that's the perfect way for them to run it but try and really be strict about nothing living rent free and everything having a home because then you're eight steps forward closer to a clutter-free home. And all clutter is, if you think about clutter, a pile of clutter is just a pile of decision-making that you haven't got around to because there's not enough time. So by giving everything a place, you don't have to decide, you just put it away. No thinking involved. Our brains are so overworked, we don't need to be thinking. So that would really work if you could do that. And in terms of the children's toys, um, point number three, a lot of people ask me about children's toys. Think like a Montessori, a Montessori teacher where their classrooms are set up to enable seamless cleanup. So just every time you buy a new toy, buy a container to go with it. You know, it's a shame because you'll spend $8 on the toy and $5 on the container, but otherwise the toy is going to get lost right away because this gets lost and that gets lost it has a container this is what we do we buy a new toy we have a container if you want you can take a piece of paper and write or type what that toy is paste it on the front and that's where it is if you could be strict about that that would be so so great because you'll be saving so much money on toys and then what the other what the montessori teachers also do is you can have one item at a time out to play maybe two items but then that way you know the toys don't all get mixed together and clean up isn't a whole drama it just becomes natural it's like a library you take out one thing you play with it you put it back very very simple so try and think like a Montessori teacher in that regard then point number four which I really really this was one of the bigger game changers for me was at night my night just kind of ran until I, I dropped and I I didn't realize that if you can close up your evening, it makes everything easier because at a certain point, the day closes. Let's say by 8.30, the table's cleared, the dishes are in the dishwasher, things are soaking for the next day, and then I'm done. However far I've gotten, I'm done. So by, let's say by nine o'clock, I'm not sweeping anymore. I'm not thinking about tomorrow anymore. It's over. And I hadn't realized the value of that, of just taking 30 minutes on a timer and closing up the day. And everyone will have different things. And if you want, you can write it down so you're not thinking. But like I said, it will be things like clear off the table, tablecloth in the washing machine, soak the dishes or put them in the dishwasher, look what you're going to make for dinner tomorrow and defrost things or soak things and close up. Close up and you're done. And then you can start thinking about tomorrow morning, which we're going to discuss this evening. But that's such a great thing, even if it's 10 minutes. I use a timer a lot. I use it liberally because otherwise I just get lost doing something. So if I know I've got 20 minutes to clean up, if you have older children, they can help. And that way it's just a finite closing rather than the kind of the evening just going on and on and on. And like, when does today end and tomorrow start? It's, it's a very, it's very hazy. And then number five, I always say to think like a UPS driver. There's a few different ways you can learn from a UPS driver. First of all, I think it's very clever how their technology is set so that they have lots of right turns and very minimal left turns because that wastes time. You know, a right, time, a right turn is so much quicker than a left turn. Um, and, and if you see UPS drivers around here, they drive with the door open so they can jump out. But that, that's not even the lessons I want you to learn in efficiency. It's more like 
when you go from room to room, take something with you, just like the UPS driver, just be taking, be constantly taking things with you so that you're in that zone of that your house is just fluid. You just keep on taking things from room to room so that it's less cluttered. And for me personally, I do that. And then around about seven, eight o'clock, I stop because it's just too much to constantly be going and doing. I just, I just want my brain to be off duty. But even if you do it for three hours a day, let's say you say, I'll do it just in the mornings till 12 o'clock and you're strict about taking things with you, you'll find at the end of the day, the house is so much less cluttered because you've been clearing so much clutter throughout the day. So those are the main five points on the five tips that if I had to choose five are really, really helpful for keeping the home less cluttered. I'm happy to take any questions. And now I'm going to be going on to an example of how you can declutter your space. Okay, so it's going to happen and I'll, I'll look at the message box. So don't worry if you still want to type something. So it's going to happen that you always have one, two, three areas of your home that are driving you crazy. And that's fine. That's that's how it's meant to be. It never gets to the point where no area bothers you because thank God you've got, there's lots going on. It's a busy house. We have Shabbos every week. It's a lot. So you're always going to have some areas that are driving you crazy. And people ask, how do I declutter? Do I do it five minute increments? How do I do it? So in terms of taking things from room to room, yeah, do it in five minute increments here and there whenever you can, sure. But in terms of actually decluttering a space, here's how you do it. So let's just say it's your junk drawer in your kitchen. Okay, it's it, it can't close anymore. It's driving you crazy. What do you do? So first of all, and you can if you have a handout, you can look at it. There's three main, there's three main um, points to it. The first is to pick a time slot. Okay, don't do it when the kids are all running around. Pick a time slot, maybe right after the kids leave to school in the morning, you, you're, you're fresh, you know you can afford 45 minutes. So you pick a time slot. Set a timer. I'm a really, really big believer in setting a timer. Set a timer for 45 minutes. You can always ignore the timer if you want, but at least then you know you're working smarter. You've got a specific amount of time. It's not all day. Empty the space. Don't try and like go into the junk drawer and pull out the pencils that don't work. Empty the whole space. Take everything out. Let's say, let's say it's a junk drawer. Take a shoebox. Pour everything in. Take your Clorox wipes or your spray or whatever, your organic lavender, whatever, whatever you use to clean the space, clean the space and then say to yourself, okay, is this organizer on the inside good? If not, order one or if not, make do. And then use the 80-20 rule. 80% of what you have there is not necessary. Just put back 20%, put back the sharpest pencils, put back the tape measure, the screwdriver, whatever else you have in your junk drawer, clean some items off throw away, give away the rest, and make sure when you open that junk drawer, it makes you smile. That can be done in 45 minutes. And that same exact process can be used anywhere in the home. I could name a hundred different places, under the bathroom sink, the guest room, other drawers, other closets, make it doable in 45 minutes or an hour, depending on your time and your energy. And it's the same exact formula. Pick a time, set a timer. Empty the space, invite 20% back, maybe 30%, maybe 40%, but not more than 50% because otherwise you haven't made a profit. Okay, and do it like that. Maybe on a Sunday, you can ask yourself like, what's, what's the area that's bothering me the most? Maybe if you're able, you know that Tuesday mornings, you put on a Torah class and you do whatever area needs to be done. That's just what you do. That's your Tuesday morning. You do one area a week and oh, after time, it starts to add up. And it start, you start to feel like Michal said at the beginning, like you feel so much more control over your space. It's very, very empowering. It's very difficult when we have things we want to organize and we never have time. If one time slot, we get it done. Who knows? One evening, the kids might magically all go to sleep on time and you have energy. You say, you know what? <clears throat> I'll do another draw. Excuse me for one second. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's how we declutter. Now, looking for any more questions. Excuse me. Sorry. I don't know why I'm coughing so much tonight. Okay, we have a question. I might need to cough some more. Sorry, guys. 
Okay, very good questions. How do you know which things you need and which things you don't? I always feel like, oh, I'll need that. Sorry about this. I have a formula for you. Live with just enough. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'll keep that just in case. And just in case worked very, very well in our mother and our grandmother's times because there was no clearance aisles. There was no Amazon delivering. We had to buy things just in case. We don't need to live just in case anymore. So yes, you're right. You can open up a junk drawer and say, oh, that small crayon, I might need that. You're right if you lived 30, 40 years ago or even 20 years ago. But now we're living in a different time. We're living in a time where we have too much stuff and it's affecting how we think. So half crayons get given or thrown away. You need to be brutal. Thank you for asking me that question, actually, because it helped me bring out a point. You know how in the Torah we're done the kaskus and we're kind and we're gracious. For those 45 minutes that we're organizing, we are brutal, we're hideous, we don't think good of anyone. We just, well, I'm talking about anyone, but the pencils. We just get through this. We just get through it, be brutal. And when you, you know you've done enough, when you open up the drawer, and you feel really good. If you don't feel good, take it out again and be brutal. Don't be kind to pencils. Be kind to people and be kind to yourself and your family by having areas where they can find things and they can breathe. Um, another question. How do you upkeep your newly organized spaces? Excellent question. So you try. You try and keep things going. If it's hard to organize, you might have too much stuff or the system might not be easy enough. Like let's say you organize your part of the kid's closet, you might have bought the wrong containers and it's too hard for the children to open the top and put the things away. You have to experiment. If something's not working, those are the two things normally. It's too much stuff, like you need to purge more or the container you have to use somewhere else and use a different container. As a general rule, when you've organized a space, it should stay good for a few weeks at least because that means you've got it. And then invariably, the junk drawer will get filled, the children's closet will get filled. That's the nature of life. It's always an ebb and a flow. But at least for those two, three weeks, there should be that honeymoon phase where it works. If not, go back and review it. We have a question here that I cannot answer tonight, and it would be an amazing topic to discuss a different time, is how do we deal with disorganized teenagers? I can't do that topic justice. It's an amazing topic, but I'll tell you just like standing on one foot, help them create spaces that work for them and catch them doing the right thing. And children learn from how, what we do. It's a sad <laughs> truism of parenting is children don't learn by what we say, they learn by what we do. So when we're organized and we do um, have a streamlined home, they will learn the same way. Um, this is an excellent question. What do we do with baby gear? It's so bulky, but it's, it is so expensive that after every kid, it's very, very difficult to replenish. It's an excellent question. Excellent, excellent question. Um, and I don't know if I have an answer. Um, if it were me, I would see if I could possibly store it anywhere in my apartment. If I had like a little area, could I put a, like a cute tablecloth over in the corner? I would try and be creative like that. Um, or would there be a relative even an hour away that I could put it in their garage? If not, maybe I would use something for a couple of children, then pass it on and buy it secondhand a different time. It's very, it's a very, very difficult question because the baby gear is very bulky. I would maybe donate it to a gamach and then maybe, you know, borrow it back. Those are very good questions that I would ask your friends how they've dealt with it. The other question is, how do we organize stuff in a small space? Many of you are going to be in apartments. So this is even more important to be really brutal about what you keep and really try and do that 20% because your real estate is so hard. Every plastic bin that you have in the children's closet is worth a lot of money. So really be brutal about having less 
less stuff is essential in a small space it's not it's not fair look at your vertical space see if you can use a vertical space can you put up a shelf let's say in the kitchen how can you use more up space when you haven't got the horizontal space but these questions are excellent okay so now we're going to go on and i'm happy to still answer questions we can weave them in we've got about 20 minutes left so maybe we'll have time to go into some more questions in depth so now I'm going to go into three systems and these are the three systems that are, oh, we're going to do this and then we're doing the handouts. Good. They had the printouts. So here are the three systems that I find the most empowering when I incorporated them into my life. So number one is the morning starts the night before. What does that mean? Whether you go out to work in the morning, whether the kids go, however it is, you know, everybody on this call is going to have different morning needs from the morning. Don't leave everything for the morning. Just like I asked you to close up your day and, you know, stop everything by, let's say, 8.30. Start thinking about the next day, the night before. Children's clothing, breakfast, if you have to pack the kids' snacks, make them a lunch, make yourself a lunch, your clothing, whatever you need in the morning, you should see what you can do the night before. Maybe you can set a timer for 20 minutes and have a list for yourself, a generic list, so you don't have to think. I don't want anyone thinking here past 8.30 at night. What are the things you need for the morning? It's winter. Do you need the kids' snow gear, the boots by the front door? What do you need? If you make smoothies, do you want the items from the freezer defrosted? What do you need? If you put dinner on in the morning, defrost, how does it work that you're not feeling so, so, so overwhelmed and stressed in the morning? It starts the night before. Have your children have their backpack by the front door. Prepare as much as you can the night before because the mornings, what you want in this ideal world is that you, you will wake up, you have breakfast, you go off to school. Now, there's like 47 other things that you're going to want to do in between. But of those 47 items, can you do a lot the night before? It's so nice, those mornings where you can just send everybody off to school, send yourself off to work, feeling centered and not like crazy woman. And that involves thinking about things the night before. It will be so, so lovely for you when you can do that so much easier. Think what you can do the night before. Okay. Um, sometimes it's about buying the kids more uniforms, buying yourself more uniforms, whatever it is that you shouldn't be running around in the morning crazy because it's such a lovely start to the day when things are sane. And, you know, we're the center of the home. When we go crazy, the kids go crazy. They pick it up, even if we're faking. Now, see what you can do. That was a big game changer for me. Bedtimes. Everybody in the house needs a bedtime, okay? So whatever time you put the kids to bed, probably it's too late. And there's documentation. I think children need 11, 12 hours and mums also need sleep. Everyone should have a bedtime and in a perfect world, you wouldn't go near your phone two hours before your bedtime either. Everyone needs a bedtime. No, it, sometimes it's tempting because it's so quiet at night, especially if you have ADD or your phone's been pinging all day. Stop, you know, let's say this perfect world, eight to 8.30, you would clean up. 8.30 to 9, you would prepare for the, night, for the next day, turn off your phone, go read a nice book, take a shower, stop. Um, so bedtimes, yes, children should know their bedtimes. Um, and they, a whole, there's a whole way, there's a book, um, Healthy Sleep Habits, Healthy Child, Dr. Mark Weisbluth. It's a good book, borrow it from the library. And it will give you some really good tips. And kids going to sleep on time is amazing for them. And it's amazing for you. So you get a little bit of time in the evening to get ahead. But the most important person that I want to go to sleep on time is the mommy. Because we tend to just like work till we drop. And it's just, it's just wrong. Go read a book. It's so many lovely books to read. Go take a bath. Take a long shower. You've done so many amazing things. Give yourself the respect of closing up your day and going to sleep nicely. Your next day is going to thank you so, so much. 
And the last item on this list is laundry. Oh, what are we going to do about laundry? So laundry, no two people do laundry the same way. Some people, I like to do a load every morning. Other people like to do it once a week and there's everything in between. Doesn't matter. There's no wrong. There's no right. I just want you to make sure that you're not spending too much time sorting through the laundry. Some people, let's say there's a family of four kids, two parents, they put everyone's laundry together. Then they spend so much time disorganizing all the stuff. It's a crime. Laundry is about cleaning the clothes, period. So I try and clean, launder the items in from one room. Let's say a couple of kids share a room. I'll wash those things. That's easy to sort between two, two areas of the closet. But I wouldn't want to start organizing between four because it's, it's a waste of time. So try and think like that, where you're just minimizing the sorting. I use sock locks. You can buy them on Amazon. They're a double lock, a, lab, a double plastic thingy that you pop, pop the socks through. I have spent hundreds of dollars a year on odd socks. Thank God, not really anymore, except when we forget to use them. But I would very much love you guys to get sock locks so that you minimize the waste of socks and time spent looking for socks. The children can lock their own socks. It's very, it's very, very simple to do. And do the laundry system that works for you. Maybe you're doing it once a week, but really you would like to try every morning. Maybe you live in a building where you only can do it once a week you know, or whatever, use a certain specific time. So then use sock lock. Like try and think of a way to make laundry easier for you. Just because if the system's an organized system, it can make it so much easier for you. And if it's not, it can get overwhelming. Also, just I mentioned this before, make sure the kids have enough uniform. Sometimes like I used to, when my kids were young, would get, I wouldn't get enough uniforms because I thought I was being frugal, but I was being silly because I was creating chaos when it was unnecessary. So make sure they've got enough and doesn't like any money spent in bringing peace into the house, you know, within a limit, it, it pays off, it pays off. So just make sure everyone's got enough and you're not like running around with one kid that only has like four pairs of underwear just because just order more. You live in, if you live in a time of Amazon, at least use it for the good also. Okay, we have a new question come in. Um, if you keep changing sizes, what do you do? Okay, apply the 80-20 rule, keep 20%, store it up high, label it in a box with whatever size it is and carry on. Keep giving away. Whether you're mailing it, giving it, donating it, keep giving away and buy less often. Think like the French people. French people buy much less often, but they buy well. So instead of buying a bunch of $8 long sleeve t-shirts, maybe you'll buy your favorite brand less often and you've got really lovely stuff. That, that would be the ideal. The ideal is that you open the closet, you have much less stuff, but everything there really, you really, really love. Nothing is there just because. Okay, so our next, because that, that was a handout. Now I have two items that I printed that I wanted to share. So one is this home cleaning schedule, because people sometimes just want a schedule and, and they don't want to think about it. Now, this is not going to be one size fits all. So this home cleaning schedule, cross off the things that don't work for you. I laminated mine. I keep it on the fridge. It just, I just don't like to think when I don't need to. And this is just a generic home cleaning system that might work for you. It might not. If it makes your life easier, use it. If you've already got this down pat, don't use it. But I'm not going to really use the time to go through it because it's self-explanatory. Now, this is the fun part. And this is the challenge for next week. So this is your weekly meal plan. All I have here, you have an outline of four, you have a you have a printout of four days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because we're assuming that you have Shabbos leftovers for Sunday night. You just need four main meals. You can wing the other meals if, if you're not going out, if, if, you, if you went out for Shabbos or whatever it is. But what I like to do is show women that making a will plan, making a meal plan is very, very simple. And not having a meal plan, unless you love being so spontaneous, is very stressful. So this is your admission for next week. I want you, um, Shira, Michal has the print, this, this, she'll WhatsApp it to you. I want everyone to fill it out, okay? It doesn't have to be perfect, but I want you to, you know what you could do? You could just write down whatever you've made for the past week or two. 
Some people say, I don't know how to make a meal plan. Just write down what you made the past week or two. Think of the items that worked out well, the items that are in season, the items that are on sale. No one's judging you. I just want you to have the ability to have a meal plan that works for you. Okay. Um, so I, I do this. I fill it out on a Sunday. If I haven't got the headspace, I just have a generic one that I pull out. I would much rather serve a boring meal than have to constantly reinvent the wheel. Some people like a four week meal plan. Some people like a one week meal plan. Some people like knowing they do fish on a Monday. They don't really care how that fish is. They'll think about it earlier, um, nearer the time. The thing is that sometimes just the decision-making of the meal plan gets really overwhelming. So by having one generic meal plan set up for the week, it's very, very liberating. So that's all of that. Now, next week, um, this is what I'd like from you. I would like you to report, and you can maybe just text Michal or email her and she'll forward it to me. I'd like to know if anyone implements anything. Well, of course, I want to know if things work. It makes me very happy, but also if things don't work. I want to know so I can help you tweak it. So you might say, hey, I've got three young babies at home and I tried to clean this and this, but it didn't work. Tell me why so I can help you. Remember, I want this to be very, very practical. And then next week, what we're going to do is in another area. Today, we organized our homes. Next week, we're going to organize our brains. And I'm going to take you on a deep dive into to-do list management, how to organize your Google Calendar, how to use Google Keep, how to really run your home and your brain very, very efficiently so that you're not kind of like, oh my goodness, I totally forgot to take my child to that appointment. So you're ahead of the curve. Okay, so now, 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 we, we do have a few more minutes. Do we have any questions on home management that I can address? Okay, this is excellent. Okay, so do we have any tips for our single moms? Okay, for our single moms, we want you to absolutely take the time to nurture yourself. Okay, so being a single mom is a lot of work. I absolutely want you to do what I'm saying about um, going to sleep, doing the evening routine, the morning routine. Do it even more efficiently so that you have more time at night to have fun, to WhatsApp your friends, to FaceTime with friends, to read an amazing book, to replenish you, okay? Um, okay, we might have a few minutes to discuss um, teenagers. Let's see. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm getting a bunch of questions, so I'm not sure if we'll get to teenagers. Let's see if we can stay on topic. If not, I'm going to go on to teenagers. Okay, so we also have some girls who are single without kids. Wonderful. So now's the time to really, really master um, running a streamlined home. Like look at the areas that you're strong in and celebrate them. Look at the areas that you're weak in and try and see what you can get more robust. Maybe you want to start a meal plan. Maybe you want to start being more intentional about your laundry, just to practice these skills so that when God willing, you get married and you have kids, you can seamlessly weave this in. Um, how large the laundry room be? <laughs> I want you all to have big laundry rooms, but I have a tiny area for laundry. Everyone's different. Maximize the space that you have and work with it. Some of us can uh, fold laundry in the laundry room. Some of us have to bring it to the couch. There's no one way to do it. Just do what you can. Someone has a very small toy closet. That's perfect. Do the one in, one out. Make sure that you're stacking things vertically. And that's wonderful. Better to have a small toy closet with toys that are used and enjoyed than a big toy closet that just gets so, so messy. Um, Okay, so children mixing up toys, invest in some bins. Invest in some bins, put the toys with small pieces up high and be strict, you're the librarian, be strict about how they use the toys, one in, one out. Um, okay, so another question about being practical, when you cook, do you um, 
clean as you go? Do you cook till cook and then clean? I'll use a timer. When I'm doing a lot of cooking, I'll set a timer for 20 minutes of cooking and then I'll do a 10 minute cleanup. And 20 minute cooking and 10 minute cleanup. So I'm not left with a major disaster zone. But like I said, everyone works differently. When you find a system that works for you, that's yours. Use it again and again. It's really great when you can crack the code. You know how some people are so into their palate. It's very good also knowing which systems work and which systems don't work for you. Okay, so standing on one foot, I'm going to discuss how we can organize our teenagers. So teenagers, and then I'm going to answer more questions as they come up. I'm kind of using the teenagers as a, <laughs> just as, a, as an interim. So for teenagers, it's very important that they have their space Okay, teenagers are going through enough being teenagers. Um, ask them what they need more of, what they want more space of, and try and give them what they need. It's easier that way. And then have them, you can say to them, do you think you're old enough to do your own laundry? Uh, what day would you like to do it? Um, children, teenagers get very, very hungry. Ask them if they want to have input with the meal plan. Ask them if they have enough snacks for school, support teenagers during their teenage years. Obviously, they're not your buddies, they're not your friends, they're your children, but you want them to be supported so that they can flourish. And um, I would say that they'll need a desk in their room. What else do teenagers need? Like, can anyone write any of the issues that are coming up with teenagers? I know we've got a, a we've got a wide range of ages here we've got our singles we've got our single moms we've got our married moms we've got our married moms with teens um, I'm trying to give everyone something to take away with okay so how much do we clean up after we clean up after the teenager do what you can without resentment okay teenagers will teenagers will sense out resentment right away so do what you can without resentment also I would say after about eight o'clock at night, I try very hard not to really interact too much with my teenagers because I'm tired at that point and teenagers need fully awake parents. Um, how much do we and how much do we expect from teenagers if they share a room? I would be very specific with them. I would be very specific. I would check in with yourself and see what's important for you. You might say, I don't care during the week, but on Shabbos, I want your room nice. You might say, I don't mind, but I don't want to see clothes on the floor. Like, I think if you can be very centered and give them specifics of what, what you want, um, that can go really, really far. You never want to parent when you're frustrated. It's not parenting. It doesn't work. It just gets them more defensive. Okay, so I think we're going to close up. I'll answer a few more questions. We're going to close up. I hope everyone's got something very specific that they're going to work on. And if you're in touch with Michal during the week, I would love to hear about your successes, your struggles, anything that can make this um, more actionable for you. And we will be back same time, same place next week. And I'll be organizing your brains. Okay, so feel free. Also, you can also WhatsApp Michal any questions that you have for next week. And if I can get those questions by about meeting Sunday, so let meeting Monday, let's say by about Thursday of this week, I can maybe weave them into the talk. Okay, in terms of organizing your brains. Okay. Okay, so Michal, I'm turning the camera over to you. The mic awesome. over to you. Thank you so much. This was so exciting. Yeah. And I, I see the comments just coming in, even personal comments saying, wow, I had no idea I couldn't be this organized or my life is being changed right now. And thank you so much. We are so excited.